This is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. On his way to the end zone. I'll tell you what, that was a spectacular play. It's time to dominate your fantasy league. What a play! Off to the races, touchdown! Oh, he's done it again! Now here's some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, Heath, and Ben. Welcome to your Saturday mailbag, everybody. We got your Apple Podcast questions. Your emails at fantasyfootball at cbsi.com. Adam Azer here with Frank Stample. We're going to give you the latest news and uh, answer. Oh, and the Fantasy Cops as well. What's going on, Frank? Yo, what's going on, Adam? The week of death is here. Oh, man. gosh. Week. week 10. Yeah, I was trying to think of something better than that. You like, can do better than that. Yeah. What I was trying to think of something that was tough, right? It was like, what about death. A, re- a really well-done steak, right? <laughs> Just a gross, charbroiled steak. That's pretty tough. That's, That's what this saying. week is. This is the week of well. Yeah, if you eat your red meat well done, you're just not well done. That is that is not well done. That is a job poorly done. You're missing out. Uh, we have a special guest on today's show. Uh, his name is Ben. I'm told his last name rhymes with catch. Ben Gratch is here. Ben Gratch is here. Ben, I know you. What's up, man? What's going on? I'm glad to uh, to be back. Um Still, still getting all the Ask FFT, you know, questions in, <laughs> in my fantasy, in my Twitter notifications. Still kind of loosely being roped in with people. I'm not sure people realize that me and Schrager are different people still to this day. So I have to remind myself all the time. It's like, don't in, don't insult Ben Schrager about the Washington Huskies. He doesn't care about them. That's not. It's <laughs> a different Ben. It's a different Ben. Well, listen, this is Ben Gretsch. At Yards Per Gretch. He was on the show for two years, right? Was it two years or one year? About a year and a half. Year and a half. Okay, right in the middle. What are you up to these days? I am... Tell us about yourself. Just doing doing a, a newsletter and some sports betting stuff. Um, yeah, I, I'm missing you guys. It's been a... It's been a little different. Definitely not having the, the regular chats with you guys. Not getting... Azer's, you know, news and notes on 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 pods that always kept me informed of all the latest uh, information, kept me kept me sharp. So, yeah, well, I sort of miss you, but I don't like the fact that one of the last things we argued about was me saying that you cannot draft Christian Kirk over Julian Edelman in a PPR league. Like you're crazy if you do that. So, I was enjoying that never coming up. But now you're here, so I'll own up to that. So good job on Christian Kirk. I think we've been giving you huzzas for that, uh, you know. And uh, I'm. Assuming- I don't even remember that. I, oh, I you yeah. know, the feedback I get is a lot, a lot less huzzas, a lot less excitement about that guy and and Will Fuller and, and Stephon Diggs and a lot of the guys I got right, and a lot more questions about Jonathan Taylor, yeah. and, and DJ Moore. That was yeah. the first thing I asked Ben. Yeah. Before we started recording. Hey, Ben, what's going on with Jonathan Taylor? Yeah, well, it's, what are we thinking? What are we thinking? Like, are you optimistic about him? I wouldn't say optimistic, no. I mean, I think pretty clearly there's a, a trend going the wrong direction here. And, you know, it seems like Naheem Hines is a better fit for the offense right now for what Philip Rivers needs. Um, but at the same time, I just tweeted out earlier today, I think it's really interesting for the season. Jonathan Taylor has the exact same amount of carries right now as Jordan Wilkins and Naheem Hines combined, and he has one more rushing yard and one more touchdown. He's basically been just as good as the other backs. Uh, he's averaging like 3.8 yards per carry. Not good. Hines at 3.9, Wilkins at 3.7. I 
they're, they're all basically not good, but I think the perception right now is that Hines and Wilkins have been way, way better. And, and lately they have been the last couple of weeks. Um, but I think when you look at it from that perspective and you say, okay, Taylor feels like he can't possibly be any worse than he's been. Uh, and he's still kind of basically been as good as these other guys that, that seem like they're playing okay and playing better than Taylor. That to me says, well, there's some potential that if Taylor figures whatever's going on out, uh, you know, like we saw Miles Sanders figure out last year in his rookie year, that there's still some upside down the stretch, but yeah, you, you can't be super, super optimistic about him right now at all. Are there any players that you are super optimistic about to have a big second half? I should have prepared you for this. Sorry. Yeah. yeah no, I mean, there's, there's <laughs> definitely some, I, I, I talked about rookies a lot in the off season and we've seen a lot of the rookie receivers do well. I think we'll see some of these rookie running backs do well down the stretch. All of them, it feels uncertain right now, but I mentioned Sanders because uh, in week six to week eight last year, that was the three game stretch where he got the fewest touches of any of his three games all year. It wasn't right away early in the year. It was, it was like middle of the year that, that there was all this talk that, you know, he's never going to get an opportunity. Yeah. It took an injury to Jordan Howard, but um, people also were really questioning his talent. Um, so there's guys, you know, I, I don't love Deandre Swift's op- uh, situation right now, but I love the way he's played so far. Uh, Antonio Gibson, it seems like JD McKissick's always going to be there, but you know, that's somebody else that I think if he gets the opportunity, man, could be pretty good. Um, Cam Akers is a really tough one, and I was never particularly high on him. But um, there, who, who's the other one? Oh, J.K. Dobbins. It, you know, if if Dobbins gets a, a, lo- a little bit of a longer run, a longer leash, I think he could certainly have some um, some upside the rest of the way. So the the young guys for sure. I mean, there's the, the long term trend that that rookies do better in the second halves of seasons. We saw it. You know, A.J. Brown's another example from last year. wasn't great this point week 10 is when he started playing full-time dj Moore two years ago week 10 is when he started playing full-time um we started to see that with some some other lesser known receivers as well denzel Mims, some guys like that that could have big second half so i i would say look at those rookies don't, don't give up yet just because they haven't been great so far adam okay. one name yes jerry judy there you, there you go he said yeah Tab. it is sort of there happening with him yeah uh and my guy had been jarvis landry i did trade for him one of the best situations you can be in is in a two-quarterback league where you have, like, four quarterbacks and bye weeks hit people hard. Because I was able to trade Nick Mullins for Jarvis Landry in our two-quarterback league, PPR. And I even think, and it's a little bit late for this, so just remember this for next year, I guess. I even think if you have a good quarterback situation in a 2QB league, you can be aggressive with Fab and go get that fourth quarterback when, you know, when Dak Prescott gets hurt, you go get Andy Dahl. When Garoppolo gets hurt, you go get Nick Mullins. This is only a two-quarterback league where there's like no, like zero, zero starting quarterbacks on the waiver wire, and you get that one shot to get a starting guy. Because I spent about 35 bucks on Nick Mullins, but now the way I look at it is I spent about 35 bucks, 35% of my budget on Jarvis Landry. So you can always, I see these lopsided trades all the time in two QB leagues um, because people cannot win without a quarterback in their lineup that week, so they're desperate and they give up an asset. Maybe Landry will stink. I don't know, but I think he's going to be all right after this week because of the wind. Um, they give up an asset for your trash quarterback that you don't even need. So that's uh, some nuggets from us. Let's get to the news and notes. David Johnson out this week. That's almost official. I, he's going to be out. Uh, Joe Mixon missed practice. So, Frank, Duke Johnson or Gio Bernard? Yeah, I have Duke Johnson ranked one spot ahead of Gio Bernard. I like both guys, but... In terms of usage, what we saw from Duke Johnson last week, 80% of the snaps, 20 touches. It's not a great matchup against the Browns, but there is a revenge game narrative. I would expect around 15 carries, a couple of receptions as well for Duke Johnson. Uh, And while it's not a great matchup, it is a better matchup 
than Gio Bernard going up against the Steelers. So I like both high-end RB2s. Give me Duke Johnson. Mark Ingram practiced, and Devontae Freeman missed practice. So, Ben, if Freeman is out and Ingram is in, who would be the best running back on either Baltimore or New York? Would it be Gallman or would it be a, a Ravens running back? <laughs> Gross. I guess Gallman. I mean, I, I I would not be very excited about either backfield in that scenario. TJ Hawkinson practiced, but Kenny Galladay did not. These are all Friday reports here, so Hawkinson is probably going to play. Galladay probably not. Jerry Judy is expected to play, and LaVisca Chenault is out. We got your Apple Podcast questions. Here we go. Thank you so much for your five-star reviews. We appreciate it. This is from... All right. I can't read these names. I have to zoom in here. I have Dean, to do the same exact thing. Right? Now. They're very small. Very small. Dean Dadio. Flex help needed. Pick two out of three. Will Fuller, Tyler Lockett, and Nick Chubb. Will Fuller, Tyler Lockett, Nick Chubb. Mm, I'm, I'm going to bench uh, Will Fuller there. I'm putting on my meteorologist hat. Yeah, let's Adam. go to the CBS weather desk to Frank Stanfall. Look, I love Will Fuller and uh, what he's done this season. Shout out to Ben. It was a fantastic call on Will Fuller. but And I still like him to an extent. I think he's a solid wide receiver too this week. But uh, give me Nick Chubb in a weather game where I expect him to run a lot in a good matchup. And Tyler Lockett, who will not be shadowed by Jalen Ramsey in that game. Okay. And Ben, you agree? Yeah, yeah. I would just echo that. I, I think if for some reason the 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 forecast changes then then fuller probably projects better than chubb but uh it looks like there's going to be 20 plus mile an hour wind and i would say if, if it still looks like 20 plus mile an hour wind you, you got to go chubb this is a question from p babby he's already starting michael thomas so would you go with drew drew Brees or jared goff i i think i'm going uh goff just because Brees has a little bit of a shoulder thing that's a little bit unclear i think he's going to play and everything's fine um, but Goff has just a fantastic matchup against Seattle. Yeah, I have Goff a few spots higher, so I'm cool with that. From 9779064, I really hope that is not someone's phone number, but it's it, certainly... It, it definitely is. When I said it out loud, I was like, that is definitely somebody's phone number. But we don't know the area code, so uh, yeah, don't worry about it. I have Jimmy Graham and Jared Cook. Can you please talk about their upcoming schedules and rank them? Graham and Cook. Okay. Well, that's going to take a little bit of time, so let's do this. First of all... Uh, well, I'm going to say that I would take Cook regardless of up- upcoming schedules. I think um, they're both really kind of questionable, but Graham has been losing snaps to, to rookie Cole Komet lately. He's definitely still going to have a red zone role and have some touchdown potential, but I think uh, you have to like Cook's quarterback and situation quite a bit better. So I'm not going to like dig into tight end matchups so much that I'm going to go for the older, the, you know, I guess they're both old, but the, the, the guy that has uh, a rookie really um, it's funny because Cook has Adam Trotman there too, but Komet has already started to make a move on Graham. And so, so I wouldn't be going with him over, over Cook. Okay. But on the other hand, Cook does get the Falcons twice. And the Eagles. All right, forget about the schedule. On the other hand, Cook has four and a half targets per game, and Graham has six targets per game. Take that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but he just ran his fewest routes of the season this past uh, week in terms of routes per drop back, uh, and it has been trending down. I think it was the, the, the fewest the week before as well. I'd have to pull right. that up, but it's been trending down. All right. So, so Graham or Cook for Ben, how about you, Frank? 
Yeah, I think this is super close, and I hear what Ben is saying. Uh, I've I've noticed the the trend with the routes as well, but Graham is tied for second in the NFL in red zone targets, so I don't think that he's good, but he is used in that part of the field, and that's what you want out of a tight end, right? You want a touchdown, so it's very close, but I'll take Jimmy Graham by hair. I cannot believe I just gave out someone's phone number on there. Uh, (laughs) More questions here from Dan in the mitten. Grade the trade. Give Kenyon Drake and Robbie Anderson. Get Nick Chubb. That is a B minus. I'm going to give it a C. I think Robbie Anderson is pretty good. He hasn't scored a touchdown, though, since week one. And it was kind of a fluky touchdown. Right, it's also kind of fluky for a guy to have as many targets and catches as he has and not be scoring more touchdowns. I mean, I, that's the other side of that. I knew coin. you were going to say. I knew he was going to say that. Everybody, <laughs> that's, right. that's the fluky right. thing that He's I would right. say. He leads Carolina wide receivers with seven red zone targets as well, so makes it even more fluky, Adam. Mm. Okay, how many green zone? I don't know, Franklin. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> All right, so I give it a B plus, B minus from Frank, C from. Gratch from Justin, dear Gallman, Dayman, and Nightman. Rest of season, if I were to stick with one DST, would you go with the Patriots or the Packers? Well, that Why is, are you sticking with one DST rest of season? Yeah, it's right got to be a, some weird league. I think the Packers, they have a pretty good schedule the rest of the way. They do. <laughs> they, have, they have Jacksonville this week. They have a couple... Jacksonville, the Colts, the Bears, the Eagles, the Lions, the ti- the um, Panthers, and the Titans. Yeah, that's a that's a good schedule. By the way, yeah, pretty good. The Patriots kind of stink on defense, right? So kind of out on them. Yeah. All right, and uh, they got Baltimore this week. From Grant Witcher. By the way, do you guys know the whole Dayman thing? Dayman. Yeah, always sunny. Right. Oh my God, Frank. I used to watch Always Sunny, but I kind of fell off. So. I don't I, think I saw that one. I don't even watch it, but that is the most famous scene, I'd say. It's so funny. Uh, Grant Witcher, would you trade Dalvin Cook for Derrick Henry based on their end-of-year schedule? No. No, I wouldn't. From Andy with no facial hair. Grade the trade. <laughs> Give James Robinson and Justin Jefferson. Get Michael Thomas and Keenan Allen, half PPR. I think if you have running back depth, I like this trade. I would give it a B plus. Yeah, I'd give it a, uh, with the same caveat. I assume that you have enough running backs if you're trading Robinson. I, I think I'd give it an A. I mean, Keenan Allen is top five receiver right now. And and Michael Thomas, I think, should be as well. So you're getting two very good receivers potentially. From Quad Man 80. Hey, Dustin, Justin, Bryson, and Brooks. A little Masters of Love there, huh? Mm-hmm. Those guys play golf. They golf. Full PPR. 12 team. I know golf. The best in the biz. I'm so glad to be back. <laughs> mini golf, right, Adam? Oh, yeah. I Those am guys so, play golf. I'm so bad at mini golf. Yeah, this is... By the way, this question is from Quad Man, which is uh, my nickname at the gym. All right, full PPR. I'm glad Ben's back. He's the only one who laughs at my I, jokes. Yeah, people are laughing at your jokes again, man. Yeah, it's good stuff. <laughs> uh, come on, it's enough. It's enough. Thank you, quad man. You know, this is the gym. No, it's, I've been working on that one. Yeah. Thank you. Okay. Give up Leonard Fournette. Get Lamar Jackson. 
Oh, that yeah, was, I'm I'm fine with that. That's a B. I like okay. that, especially if uh, you need help at quarterback. From yeah. Danger Aaron, grade the trade. My name is Aaron, <laughs> and I decided to trade Kamara and Cooper for McLaurin and Zeke. What do you think about that? That's a D. Kamara and Cooper minus? for McLaurin and Zeke. Don't love that. Yeah. <laughs> Eh, wah, wah. That's a bad. That's a, do I have one of those? I do. That's a D right there. Oh no! Wait. Where's the wah wah? You'd think I'd know where all these things were located by now. From Pod Raider. I love that he started with my name is Aaron and I. Like he was at. I know, know it's really funny to me. A fantasy and anonymous meeting where. He, <laughs> he knew the he knew the grade he knew the grade. <laughs> my name is Aaron. Uh, from Pod Raider. Thanks for the great shows. I have a question for this week in a tough matchup as well as going forward. Does a quarterback wide receiver stack at some point outside the obvious teams become subject to a law of diminishing returns? I'm starting Joe Burrow this week with Matt Ryan on by. And my top four wide receiver options are Cooper Cup, Tyler Boyd, T. Higgins, and DJ Moore. So basically he's wondering, like, he's got to start Joe Burrow. Cup, Boyd, Higgins, Moore. I don't think he wants to start too many... Bengals against the Steelers. So, right. like, do you sit one of them for DJ Moore or what? I To the broad question, I the way that I always think about this is in DFS terms. In head-to-heads, you don't usually make these big stacks. When you're playing in GPPs, you're making, you know, game stacks. You can stack a quarterback with multiple receivers and those types of things. But the, the stacks that you're targeting are teams that have these high implied totals based on, you know, high over-unders in the Vegas markets. And usually they're favored as well. The the, the Bengals have a, a an implied team total of 19.5 points. It's very bad this week. Um, broadly, long-term, I have no problem with Burrow and two of his receivers stacked. This looks like a team that with a bad defense and a willingness to pass, especially on early downs, like they're, they're passing with intent. They're above, uh, above average on their pass rate over expectation on early downs. That's the type of team that like the Seahawks and like the, the Cowboys, especially back when they had Dak, like, when you have a bad defense as well, you're going to throw a lot and you can have multiple receivers in that type of passing offense. It's great. I think Burrow's going to be a top 10 quarterback the rest of the way, but this week probably don't want to go there. Not against the Steelers, not with the the team total under 20. It's just not a good setup for, for a double stack uh, with Burrow. Okay. From fan uh, from cheese says fantasy Q. How do you value DJ Chark and Jonathan Taylor rest of season waiting or wanting to send them in a trade, but not sure what they're worth. Well, it's a Jonathan Taylor question. I can't answer it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Taylor's a not-to-be-relied-on running back that still has upside. I mean, I think there's – there's it depends on value. If you can get value right now, it doesn't seem like you will get any value from him right now. There seems to be uh, a pretty clear consensus that Jonathan Taylor stinks, and so I think you hold him and you try not to start him if you have other options and you hope that he breaks off a long run at some point. Uh, you know, people talk about, Oh, Miles Sanders. Uh, again, I keep going back to that because there's a lot of strong corollaries there, but he, he only did it because Jordan Howard got hurt. He also had a, a really long touchdown in one of the, in, in week eight, when I was talking about his week six to eight week uh, stretch where he wasn't playing a lot, the Colts still have to know that Jonathan Taylor's their, their, their 
best bet as at a consistent running game. The running game hasn't been great regardless, um, but they took him, they traded up to take him in the top 50 picks. Like he's a, a very good talent. They don't want to get this out of him the rest of the year. They're going to give him opportunities. And if he hits on something, they're going to hopefully ride him a little bit more. I mean, they've been a little, a little in and out with him and in, in, with playing time, but yeah, I still think there's upside if he gets a couple big plays and, and, and get something going. Chark is great, by the way, lo- lo- love him. Uh, Jake Luton keyed on him last week. He's starting again. Uh, love to throw downfield more. He's not good this week, another win game, but uh, I'm high on him the rest of the way too. Okay. So, uh, Ben, you want to hear uh, the stat that I give every week? You, you know those Azer stats? I keep updating yeah. it every week. You mentioned Miles Sanders. I've already said it four times this week on the podcast. So all the listeners at home, you can play along. Seven straight games. No running back has had a carry of longer than 14 yards against the Giants. What do you think about that? You think he's going to do it? He's had two 70-yard runs this year against the Ravens and the Steelers. Can he get to 15 against the Giants? I mean... That's a pretty good stat because uh, about the only thing the Giants do well is defend the run. And you're telling us that this offseason. The I Giants know it. have a good run, D. That was your your homer bias. No, the Giants have a good run, they D. Do. <laughs> That's they the do. only thing they do well. It is pretty much, except when they win this week, they're going to they're gonna win the division. But, you know, what What can I tell you? Um, all right. <laughs> wow. Well, well, the homer bias is coming out yeah, big time. Yeah, now. I know. know. Got to have something. Uh, okay, so those, thank you very much for your Apple Podcast questions. We'll get to your emails in a little bit. That was not what I meant to press. This is what I meant to press. There we go. It's just it's pathetic. Like, how do I not know where these things are? The fantasy cops are here. Yeah, this is our fantasy cops music. Yeah. Yeah, it's funky. All right, this is from Stanley. He says, Dear Jerry, Larry, Terry, and Gary. Did you ever watch it, Adam? Parks and Rex? Parks and yeah. Rec? Yeah, yeah. I finished you, that, it. That's happened in the last like year, right? Because you yeah. hadn't really been a big fan of I it. I binged it during the quarantine, basically. During quarantine, because we were telling you it's such a great show. It is really funny, except the last season is painful. Absolutely painful. Uh, I mean, one of the worst one of the worst seasons I've ever seen of any show. I don't even remember it. It's so bad. Like there, Ron and Leslie are in a fight at first, and then there's this like oh, that's right. Corporations they all, like, moving off in to different and, areas. Of oh, the world it was just awful. But yeah, yeah. But it didn't ruin the show. The show was great. All right, here's the here's the question for the fantasy cops. I normally am there. I normally am. There should be no vetoes in fantasy, but this just went down in our twelve team keeper league. One keeper. Team A is one and eight, and has not set his lineup since week three has been called out for it in the group chat for not setting it and has not set his lineup. Basically, everyone assumes he's not making any effort anymore. Team B is excuse me, on the fringe of the playoffs and makes the following trade with Team A. Team A gives DeAndre Swift, Devontae Adams, and Nick Chubb. Team B gives Daryl Henderson, Chase Edmonds, and Marquise Brown. So Swift, Adams, and Chubb for Daryl Henderson, Edmonds, and Marquise Brown. Pretty crappy trade. What do you do in this situation? I at least texted our thread saying that if you're going to make trades, you need to set your lineup, and it's fair. It is fair to make plans for the future with one keeper, but this trade is lopsided and with a team that wasn't putting effort in. So I'm challenging you guys because I know you don't like vetoes, especially you, Frank. You need to veto this trade, right? So I play in a keeper league where for years we have these lopsided fire sale trades at the trade deadline every single year, and my retort would be, 
This is a keeper league, and if any of Daryl Henderson or Chase Edmonds or Hollywood Brown have some great round value as a keeper, then I don't think that there's anything that you can do with this trade. I think you just let it go through. If there's no phenomenal keeper value involved, I mean, it's pretty egregious in the fact that Team A is is not setting their lineup. I mean, I would probably just say, yes, veto this trade and and probably kick that owner out of the league. <laughs> Yeah, I, what's interesting is it's a one-keeper league, and I'm assuming maybe Adams doesn't have great round value attached to him, uh, but like DeAndre Swift is still pretty clearly the best keeper here. It's kind of kind of hard to – like, I, I mean, I don't know. Maybe – maybe it, to me, Swift has looked great. And, the, the, three, like, ben, the three best keepers are all on one team. Right. Swift, Adams, like and Chubb. going to be the, the – you know, the, it's going to be till 2021 for him, but he, it seems like he's going to be good. Yeah. Um, we have in my longest running league that's not a keeper. We actually have a rule in place, um, and it's it's kind of a league that it started when we were all you know teenagers. Um, but a lot of the rules are sort of informal as we ran into these types of things. And we have a rule in place that when a team is very much in the situation one and eight, not setting their lineup, they can't make trades. Like if you're out of it, you can't impact the 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 top of the league it's a redraft league you can't send a like specifically actually it, it clarifies specifically trading like your best player for a bunch of bit parts where you're dramatically impacting the balance of power at the top of the league you're, you're sending Devonte adams to a contending team like you just you don't get to make and, and nick chubb yeah yeah right. right so i think the key here is like what frank said if there's some type of incredible keeper value then it's hard to say th- it's hard to veto it it's a crappy trade but if it's not necessarily vetoable, but if there's not, if that's not a factor here, then veto and remove from league. Okay, great. You're getting into the Heath coming spirit of kicking people out of the league, Frank. You're, <laughs> you're one of us now. Heath wants to kick everyone out everyone. of the league. <laughs> They're gonna be. We're gonna have nothing but four team leagues once Heath's done with everyone, kicking everyone out. All right, this is from Ben. Hey, Sheldon, Leonard, Raj, Howard, Penny, Bernadette, and Amy. I bet Frank's never seen the Big Bang Theory. Oh, I, I've seen, I've stumbled across it a few episodes. Not my cup of tea. Oh, it's great. Yeah, that, I'm, I'm the same as Frank there. I haven't seen a whole lot of it. Oh, it's terrific. All right, uh, we had a trade in our league where a guy who's more experienced than the other in the than another in the league. This is the other guy's first year. Okay, they made a trade. So experienced guy, rookie player. Our friend sent him a trade giving T. Higgins and Tony Pollard for Aaron Jones. The inexperienced guy accepted the trade. The other league members and I are very adamant that the trade be vetoed, but the trade initiator says that the trade isn't that lopsided. And that would be Higgins and Pollard for Aaron Jones. Okay, what do we do, guys? I'm testing you again. Are you ready to veto? I mean, this is a very lopsided trade, so <laughs> whoever thinks... Yeah, the idea that it's not lopsided is, is pretty funny. Like, T. Higgins is... Yeah, he's fine. He's like a high-end wide receiver three, but uh, Pollard is... A handcuff who sees eight to ten touches per game for a top five running back in fantasy football yeah. right now. Mm-hmm. So, what are you gonna do, Mister No Veto? The fact that I mean, there is a caveat here that the other person is inexperienced, right? So, I would say yes, veto this trade, undo it, and and maybe kind of explain to that person why this is a lopsided trade. Explain to the inexperienced inexperienced player wide right slops and then kick this is another one where i'm gonna go i've i've experienced this before we had a first year guy do this and we said okay there's been all these objections raised i need you to defend your 
your reasons for making this trade. And if he can make a, a solid case for why I think Steve Higgins and Tony Pollard are going to beat Aaron Jones the rest of the season, then I think it's hard to veto it. But in that case, that person said, no, I really can't. I didn't really think about it because he's new to fantasy football. And he was just right. like, I, I, I really just didn't think about it. And we ultimately vetoed it because, and, and that made the other guy mad. So it's, it's challenging, but. <laughs> um, if the, if it's a new person in the, a new person to this and doesn't really understand what they're doing and literally can't defend the trade, then it's hard to, to let it stand. My favorite part of that at this is that the experienced player is trying to justify his giving up Higgins and Pollard to get Aaron Jones. Like, you know what you're doing, man. You know, yeah, yeah, I know. You, you know, you're lying. <laughs> I used to, I used to be like that too, man. I was, when I first started playing fantasy, wow. I was, I was a shark, Adam. I was really, I would be that guy who's like sends essay text messages telling people why they should make this trade. I made a trade with my dad in a league once and, and people were like, this is collusion. Uh, yeah. I've, I've come a long way though. I've come a long way. Oh man. We would have kicked you out of a lot of leagues. All right. Last one. <laughs> last one from Dave from Ontario. Okay, follow along here. In our league, dropped players just become automatic free agents. This includes players dropped as part of trades. Before game time on Sunday, our commissioner put through a trade in which Leonard Fournette was dropped. After putting through the deal, the commissioner immediately picked up Fournette. While this has always been our rule and format, our commission has never jumped on a player like this. His argument is that if he would have waited, someone else would have grabbed Fournette. <laughs> okay. The commissioner has said he's open to a league vote on the issue. No one in our league wants drop players to go to waivers. So what is our solution? Kick him out of the league. The commissioner? Kick out the... This is weird. Yeah, you know, The only thing I, I can say is that I commish, commissioner a uh, baseball league and... I turn off waivers every Monday morning to make it a free-for-all. So, you know, you put your claims in every night, but Monday morning before you set your lineups, you know, you, it's waivers are off, it's free agency. I always wait probably five to ten minutes after I turn them off. I send an email to the league, I say waivers are off, and I try to get the same time pretty much every, every Monday morning. Um, but I always wait five or ten minutes. I'm not going to turn them off and then immediately go in and pick someone up. Because that's the kind of person I am, you know? And you wait five or ten minutes and that makes you a hero? Yeah. I give people an opportunity <laughs> to get in there. That's just I, I didn't want to use the word hero, but if you're gonna use it, fine. That makes that makes me a hero. You uh, get five minutes. The clock starts right now. You yeah. better have been paying attention. <laughs> I yeah. picture Adam with like a countdown, four fifty nine. Hope you won't work walking your dog. <laughs> <laughs> that's why I don't have a dog. Dogs are bad for fantasy. Anyway, this is a weird league. Uh, what would you guys say? This guy, commissioner, puts through a trade, picks up Fournette immediately and says, well, you guys would have done it if I didn't. So uh, what do you do? I think if the commission pushes a trade through specifically, then the player, like that's the rule. Like no one wants drop players to go to waivers in the league, but I would say that you have to make a little carve out that if the commission pushes a, a player through, he's got to go on waivers till the next week or whatever. Like apparently this this happened right before game time on Sunday. Just put them on, like I assume they have waivers once at the beginning of the week, right? Like, why couldn't Fournette have just been on waivers? Yeah, I don't know. And that's a good point because this is a very different drop situation. This is one where the commissioner knows it's happening as it's happening and has clear dibs. It's not like, you know, other players get dropped throughout the week. You might get a notification from your league. You go in and, and get, and everybody's in the same boat. The commissioner has a huge advantage here. So yeah. I, th I think Ben is right. I think we kick Frank out of the league 
Oh no! And we put Fournette on waivers. These are good, uh, good fantasy cops questions. They were. I, yeah. ha- I have another solution. Uh, just moving forward for this league, where once a trade is accepted, it doesn't have to go through the commissioner. Like it's just accepted right away. So whatever comes of it, like everybody has fair dibs. Like the commissioner doesn't know about the trade before it happens either. Like everybody finds out about the trade at the same time. And if there's any player drop, then it's a free for all for everybody. Okay. Okay. Well, wait. You're saying so. There's no. There's no trade review period. It just goes through yeah. automatically. Yeah. So there's no trade review period. I, I'm anti veto anyway. So yeah. Uh, no trade review Are period. You? The commissioner been, doesn't see it. You've been vetoing a lot of trades today, Frank. I don't know if I believe you anymore. Well. You know, the, everyone's anti veto until that, you know, there's <laughs> circumstances, Adam. Come on. I'm very much anti trade review period. That's worse than a veto. Trade should just go through. Thank you for your fantasy cops questions. Keep them coming. Fantasy football at CBSI.com or on Apple podcast. And we're going to take a break here on fantasy football today. When we come back, we will read your emails at fantasy football at CBSI.com. Did you know that while over 60% of Americans dream of starting their own business, less than 20% of them take the first step? The reason? Building a business is tough. Taylor Brands is simplifying the business journey. From launching and managing to growing your business, Taylor Brands isn't just another tool. It's your online business partner from launch to success. With Taylor Brands, building your dream business becomes an effortless experience. Their comprehensive platform guides you through every step, ensuring you have everything you need in one place. From LLC formation to bookkeeping, invoicing to acquiring licenses and permits, and even setting up your bank account, Taylor Brands handles it all seamlessly. And our listeners will receive 35% off Taylor Brands LLC formation plans using our link, taylorbrands.com slash CBS Sports. That's T-A-I-L-O-R-B-R-A-N-D-S dot com slash CBS Sports. So start your business journey today with Taylor Brands. And welcome back. Adam, Ben, and Frank here reading your emails. This is from Colin. Grade the trade. Okay, I think this is a dynasty trade. Yeah, it's a dynasty trade. DeAndre Hopkins, Miko Hardman, and a fourth-round rookie pick for... Well, it's not a grade the trade. It's which side you like better because I don't know which side he is. Hopkins, Hardman, fourth-round rookie pick. DeAndre Swift, DJ Chark, second-round rookie pick. Mm. I think there's a real clear balance on this trade of going for it this year or not. Right. Cause I, I just mentioned a little bit ago, Swift is a guy that feels like, you know, the, the breakout could come in 2021. It's probably not going to come in 2020. And so Hopkins is clearly the, the win for, or, or the go for the now option. But if you're not really competing this year in a dynasty, I would be willing to trade him away for DeAndre Swift plus a DJ chart plus a second round pick. I think that's a fair return. Just depends where you're at in the standings and what what your long term outlook is. Yeah, I think it's a very very fair trade, uh, but it just depends where your timeline is at. So if you are getting the Swift side and and you're looking f- towards the future and you're trying to rebuild or retool your team, then I I would go with the 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 B side. If you're trying to compete, then obviously I would want the eight side, the A side. I think it's a very fair trade. From Mario. What in the world do I do with Jonathan Taylor in my keeper league? Do I keep holding on to hope that he turns a corner this year and can be a beast next year? Or do I trade him for some kind of strong pull? Adam, you 100% pulled all Jonathan Taylor questions. <laughs> yes. There's nobody we're getting more questions about right now than Jonathan Taylor. 
you drop him and then whoever picks him up, you kick him out of the league. <laughs> uh, <laughs> ben, do you still think he's going to, you know, going to be, end up being a great player? Yeah. 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 No, I, there, I am absolutely not um, basing an entire career evaluation uh, on a player that was this good of a prospect with this good of a, um, a profile on the first eight or 10 games, especially when his usage has been very inconsistent and he's done some good things. Like he's been good in the past game. He's caught almost that. That was the issue. He was stone hands. Can't catch. He's caught over 95% of his targets and he's averaged uh, like 8.8 yards per target, which is phenomenal for a running back. He's been explosive when using the passing game. He has one fumble. That was a very high profile one last week. He got him benched, but that was the knock on him coming in. This guy's going to fumble all the time. He has one fumble and like 130 touches. That's not. So yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I actually see some some positives on Taylor and that the red flags, he's kind of shown the doubters that he can handle those those things. He can catch the ball. He can hold on to the football for the most part. What's shocking is that he can't run for any kind of efficiency right now. Yeah, I think that will, you know, the game will slow down for him. We've seen that. I mean, Derrick Henry, it took him like three years to, to be consistently efficient runner. That, there's a guy that, that people love that I have never been high on. Just another name that popped in my head for whatever reason, but. It's not. It's not bizarre, you know. I, Miles Sanders was the other one I, I brought up. It's not. It's not bizarre for a guy to to struggle a little bit in his rookie year. It's just not that. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's talk about. Uh, let's talk about the Broncos backfield. This email is from Rich. You noted that Denver has a great playoff schedule for running backs: Carolina, Buffalo, Chargers, and Vegas in weeks fourteen through seventeen. While nice with the current split of touches, it doesn't help as much. But Melvin Gordon had had his court date moved to the Monday after week 14. It appears that if Gordon gets a three-game suspension, he may possibly serve at weeks 15 through 17. If stars align, this could be an RB1 added to your roster by low on Philip Lindsay. I don't really agree because I don't know. Like, his court date is, I think, December 14th. It's, like, I don't know that he has a court date and then gets a three-game suspension right after. I'm not willing to... I'm not, I'm just not willing to take that chance. Yeah. And the other issue with Lindsay is that his upside is always limited in pass catching. Cause they just start using Royce Freeman, uh, you know, to pass block and, and passing down. So it's a, you know, it'd be exciting to have Lindsay as the clear starter uh, in good run matchups, but I don't know that he would be like that explosive of a, of a ceiling type player. Um, but also Melvin Gordon, another great example for uh, Jonathan Taylor, another great comp first round pick struggled in his first year. Everyone thought he was terrible and he's been very good throughout the most of his career. All right. This is from Bert gray. The trade give burrow Zeke and Gronk get, get cousins. Sorry. Laughing at something else. Give cousins, Evans and James Robinson burrow Zeke and Gronk for cousins, Evans and James Robinson. This is a two quarterback league. So what do you think, Frank? I, Hmm. I'd rather have Burrow than Kirk, even though Burrow's schedule does get tough. I would. Oh rather wait, have... he has Watson and Murray already. Okay, so, so that, that definitely so... helps. Kirk Cousins is all right, just some kind of injury insurance. Um, yeah, I I would prefer to have the Mike Evans and James Robinson side. Robinson to me is a clear top twelve running back rest of season, and I never thought we'd say this, but his outlook is better than Ezekiel Elliott moving forward. Gronk, you know, he's a borderline usable tight end. Um, Mike Evans is going to be inconsistent, but I do like getting Robinson in this deal. So I would give it a, I'll give it a B. All right. Next up from Andrew. Should I trade away Kenny Galladay, Marquise Brown and David Montgomery 
for Miles Sanders. Galladay, Marquise Brown, and Montgomery for Miles Sanders. I have Connor and Josh Jacobs. I still have McLaurin, Chark, Juju, and Sterling Shepard. This is one of those trades where, like, it's a three-for-one. It's clear that the best piece is on one side, but it's also an overpay on the on the three side because those are all usable pieces if it's a deep league. So, it, like, league depth matters a ton to me here. If those are not easily replaceable pieces, then Galladay is a good enough player when healthy that, you know, also adding Marquise Brown and David Montgomery is a little bit of an overpay for Sanders. If it's a shallower league, Montgomery is – you know, probably fairly replaceable because he's not like a high ceiling guy. He's more just a floor guy. And Marquise Brown, probably also fairly replaceable, basically just a boomer boss deep threat at this point. Then, yeah, you take the Sanders side if it's a shallow early. Yeah, uh, I like consolidating the talent here. And you still have three solid receivers, McLaurin, Chark, and, and Juju. So, yeah, I would I would do it. All right, from oh, yeah, John. I didn't pay attention to the rest of his roster. Oh, well, you should have, Gratch. <laughs> Uh, from John, 12-team PPR Dynasty League. There's an owner who always sends terrible offers for Mike Camara and or Devontae Adams. He was talking a lot of smack last night about how I'm the one always sending horrible trade offers, so I decided to send him another one. I offered him my Alvin Camara for his Derrick Henry, Travis Kelsey, and Allen Robinson. To my surprise, he countered, saying it was a little too much, and he offered me, instead of Robinson, a 2021 first and a 2023 first. I couldn't pull the trigger fast enough because we're both in the top three in the league this year. So he gave up Kamara. At the end of the day, John gave up Kamara. He got Henry, Kelsey, and a 2021 first and a 2023 first. I think that's pretty good. I can't turn that down. That is a slam dunk. Yes, of course, you'd rather have Kamara over Henry in PPR, but you are getting the best tight end in fantasy, so you don't have to worry about that, and you're getting two first-round picks on top of it. That is a slam dunk. From uh, Pat in Massachusetts. Dear Nacho, Mike, Kim, Howard, and Jimmy. That's uh, Better yeah, Call Saul. It's a good show. It's a good show, but I stopped watching. I'd like, I guess I'll try to pick it up again. Better than Breaking Bad, you know. No. Oh, I, already, I already got out of with that take a few months back. And he did not like it. <laughs> Give up Cook and Ridley. Get Derrick Henry and Keenan Allen. Cook and Ridley for Henry and Allen. Yeah, that's close because I really like Keenan Allen, but I also really like Ridley. I want um, I want Cook. Yep. Okay. Agreed. From Jacob. Uh, grade the trade. Give up Herbert and DJ Moore. Get Derrick Henry. Five-point bonuses at 100 and 150 rushing or receiving yards. That's actually pretty relevant. So give up Herbert and Moore, and he already has Kyler Murray. So, and t- oh, it's a... Okay, he doesn't need Herbert. It's a super flex league, but he has good quarterbacks. So Herbert and more for Derrick Henry, non non PPR. Yeah, I like this. Yeah, I like it a lot. Yeah, yeah that's a, I'm gonna give that an A minus. Well Agreed. Done. B. From Matt. Hey, Wayne, Lavernia, Santana, and Santonio. Oh, Frank, you know them. Whoa, Jets wide receivers. Grade the trade. I've been starting Herbert over Lamar Jackson, and I need a running back. I traded Lamar Jackson and Le'Veon Bell. I got Cooper Cup and DeAndre Swift. That's a clear that's, A for me. That's great. Herbert's a top 10 QB, and you're just trading from a position of strength then, right? And you're getting, I think, I, I'd much rather have Swift than Bell, actually, and you're getting Cooper Cup. Yeah. People are dropping Le'Veon Bell. Mm-hmm. and I Yeah, that's maybe a little bit of an overreaction, but... Can't really blame them, but... 
Yeah. If something happens to AP or carry on, Swift's going to be a monster. It's like, I would much rather have Swift right now. Yep. Starter sit questions from Andrew. Dear Mitch, Beanie, Frank, and Cheese. Uh, old school, right? Yeah, I don't remember Cheese. You know, the Dean, they called him Cheese? Oh. You don't remember that? Oh, yeah, okay, now I remember. Yeah, I remember. You can tell, I really, truly remember. Nobody ever called you Cheese? No, I would then. <laughs> you strike me as like a Dean. What? <laughs> Get out of here. All right. Uh, I can't disagree with that. From uh, okay, so oh yeah, the question's from Andrew Flex: JD McKissick or Deontay Johnson? Deontay. I kind of like McKissick. This is close. Yeah, I, I mean, I think I like McKissick too, but I would, I just like Deontay more. But yeah, wide receiver three: John Brown or Antonio Brown? John for me. Yep. John, that, that game, that Arizona-Buffalo game, again, going back to like implied totals, that's going to be a high-scoring shootout affair. I don't think you can trust Antonio Brown this quickly over you know a key piece in, in a game that should have a lot of points scored. And he says, thanks, guys. Listen to the show every weekend while I do yard work. Uh, how, much do you, how much yard work do you think I've done in my life? <laughs> not that, uh, not my Jeez. thing. <laughs> <laughs> All right, from Mike. PPR League, rank these running backs. Geo, Dobbins, and Duke. Duke. Geo, Dobbins. I'm going to go Duke, Dobbins, Geo. What? Mark Ingram's probably going to play. Oh, then Duke, Geo, Dobbins. Okay, okay, there you go. Uh, from Matt in Nashville. 12-team PPR. Deontay Johnson, Chris Godwin, Zach Moss, or Alan Lizard? Lizard, sorry. I'll go Godwin there. I'm going to go Deontay. Good matchup. I think a little bit less competition than Godwin right now. But they're both in passing games where like the, the, all the targets could go away from them, and it wouldn't be that surprising. Yeah. All right, from uh, from Brian. Oh, you want, my, you want my other favorite stat of the week, Ben? Every wide receiver who's had more than 60 yards against the Panthers has had double-digit targets. Interesting. Yeah, which Godwin has not had once this year. From Brian, pick two running backs. Bell. Oh, this is week 15. Week 15? <laughs> I'm sorry, Brian. I'm not going to read this one. This is the most insane question I've ever seen. Yeah, I'm not going I, to read your question. I did this, the, the, the mailbag all last year. <laughs> this is the most insane question I've ever seen. Two I running backs for week 15. <laughs> running back in opportunity position. We have no idea what depth charts are going to look like. And there's a list of like eight people. And they're almost just all like terrible. not very good. Yeah. And Ro- one of them is Sony Michelle. Yeah. <laughs> Rojo and, and Piran are who I'm going with right now. But I'm going to say that's uh, subject to change. Yeah. When week 15 comes around, you're going to have a lot more clarity. There's nothing to do with this right now. Yeah. All right. From RJ. Hey, uh, John, Shannon, Steve, Floyd, and Terrell. It's a bunch of Broncos, right? Elway, Sharp. Terrell Davis, that's the Steve Atwater, that's the 98 Broncos. Who's Floyd? Floyd. Leonard Floyd of the Bears. He was on that team. <laughs> His dad. His dad. Leonard His Floyd. Dad, Floyd, Senior. Floyd. Lloyd Floyd. <laughs> uh, I'm in a league that awards significant bonuses for a high score each week. So shooting for upside is the best way to go. Who has the most boom this week? Which two wide receivers? Tyler Boyd, Brandon Cooks, 
Christian Kirk, Justin Jefferson, and Mike Evans. Boyd, Cooks, Kirk, Jefferson, Evans. I think it's Boyd and Cooks. I do think there's a very low floor for Cooks because of the weather game. Uh, but in terms of boom, I think Christian Kirk is up there as well. The floor is lava. Yeah, this this yeah. is a, such a tricky question because part of, you know, like I I love the boomer bust wide receiver types. Part of my thing is you 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 have a, a whole roster of them and you take your booms with your bus and it's a very challenging thing to, to predict. It's a high variance thing. Um, But I would be a little bit worried about the wind in the Cooks game. Jefferson looks like that's going to be more of a running heavy game against Cleveland. Or I mean, against Chicago. Um, you know, Mike Evans, Evans and Kirk have the big team totals. Again, you have Kirk in that, in that game. I was just talking about Arizona and, and Buffalo could be a lot of passing. Uh, Evans, the, 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 the bucks have a high team total as well. So maybe he catches two touchdowns, but yeah, and Boyd has a tough matchup with the Stop it's, thinking it's about a, it and give me two names. Uh, it's Kirk or probably Kirk and Evans because of the team totals, but Boyd okay. would be my, my third right there. Okay. Uh, from Joe. Hey, George, John, Thomas, and James. The first four presidents. Uh, no, those are 49ers. Oh. George Kittle, John Lynch, Thomas Jefferson. <laughs> and, yeah, those are presidents. Uh, Thomas <laughs> Jefferson. He got to the third one. You were doing well. Yeah. Pick John two. Lynch. He names the, yeah, the John GM Lynch, the right? second one. Uh, pick two of these three in PPR. Josh Jacobs, DJ Chark, Duke Johnson. I think Jacobs and Duke for me. Yep. And Nick needs a wide receiver three out of Keelan Cole or Josh Reynolds. Josh Reynolds. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I would typically say Cole right off the bat, but because Visca's out, but you have Wind and you have Reynolds and just the absolute best match, the the just stone cold best pass matchup you could possibly have against Seattle. Do you do people call him Visca or are you just such a fan of his that you you are on an abbreviation? term with him no people call him visco okay yeah. <laughs> I, i'm also a very big fan of this <laughs> uh ben it was great to have you on man i missed you yeah it was a blast this was a lot of fun the only good thing about you leaving was that we had we still had a ben so i didn't have to change the intro i noticed nice. it yeah nice. that was that yeah. was the only i got a positive. lot of those messages like you just got on the intro so <laughs> i never cared about the intro <laughs> But it was great to hear from you. And everybody follow him at Yards Per Gretch. You can get some fantasy advice and, of course, some gambling advice as well. Frank, thank you. I know now that you don't mean it when you say nobody should veto. I exposed you today as a dirty liar. And uh, nice. yeah. Why are you picking on me, Adam? <laughs> no, don't do that again. <laughs> Made me feel bad yesterday. But thanks for all your questions, everybody. We appreciate it. Good luck in Week 10. We'll talk to you Sunday morning on HQ, Sunday afternoon on Twitch.